3: Tough as Nails is back, episode number seven, as we are ready to go to work uh, to talk about uh, our night at the Carpenters Union, and we're ready to raise the roof here on uh, another episode of Tough as Nails, back with us, of course, the great Jessica Lee. Jess, how are you?
0: I'm doing great, Rob. Ready to talk some carpenters. I feel like we've only just begun yes. to get into what's going on here.
3: Well done. Well done. Okay? All right, and of course, uh, back with us. Of course, give it up for Mike
4: Bloom. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you're near? It's because I bumped my head on the sprinkler trying to put a tile in. Mm. (laughs) I fell. I fell off the ladder. (laughs) Yes. Um, We have a lot
3: to talk about here today as uh, the teams went toe-to-toe trying to uh, build their scaffolding, uh, put up the drop ceiling, and then ultimately we had a showdown between the two people who had not been in the OT yet as uh, Laura had to deal with a fear that many great Tough as Nails competitors have dealt with before, the fear of heights. Just ask Murph. It's no joke.
4: So now we're what? Like a 50% success rate for Toughest sales contestants facing their fear of heights?
3: Mm-hmm. Look, um, that Murph uh, Murph overco- overcame it. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a problem anymore.
4: Yeah. Right, Murph? I, I still think it's a bit of a problem mm-hmm. for Murph. I don't think Murph's going to go in a hot air balloon anytime. soon. Yeah, so. Mur-
0: Murph's not... Like, this, this is the reason we haven't seen Danny and Murph yeah,
4: on
3: the Yeah, uh, Mike, race. we're not allowed to talk about hot air balloons anymore these days. Uh, kind of a hot <laughs> button issue, okay?
4: <laughs> exactly. Maybe Murph's more in the territory of those that are uh, viewing those balloons. Look, well, I
0: can't imagine- prove he wasn't on that balloon. Mm-hmm.
4: I would just imagine, I was going to say, like, oh, I want to imagine Murph on a roller coaster, but I have a feeling the man just isn't made for roller coasters for many reasons. Just imagine mm-hmm. him going, whee. I'm having so much fun on this roller
3: coaster. <laughs> yeah. Wow,
4: what um, uh, loop-de-loop.
3: Yeah, we've seen so many people brought back from season three as we've seen Hangar, uh, the latest of the season three contestants that are rolled out. Uh, but it, we have nary seen anybody from season one or season two of Tough as Nails so far this season.
0: The thing that I, I find really funny, Rob, is you didn't watch any of season three. Mm-hmm. So for all you know. Season three never happened, and they're no. just gaslighting me. They,
3: they, well, they argue, Maybe they're gaslighting me, but they've been been so so many huge personalities here of America's favorite uh, carpenter, America's f- favorite uh, electrician. Uh, I,
0: I will say, I honestly, I did watch season three, mm-hmm. but I the people that they have been bringing back are not the people I remember mm-hmm. from season three.
4: Oh, uh, come on. It's Hanger. He has the catchphrase that we can all <laughs> say together. And I'm definitely not referring to my notes. Yeah. He don't sit down, lay down, or back down. I
3: don't think that was the is right order.
0: Hanger? Yeah, you gotta the, do it again. Is yeah. that the outwit outplay out play out last yes. of
3: uh, Hanger? <laughs> yep. Yep.
0: See, for next season... We're gonna raise some money for charity and then Mike Bloom is gonna have to get a tough as nails tattoo. Oh and I think Ooh. we're gonna we're gonna we're we're leading toward hangers catchphrase mm-hmm. if we can get it in the right order.
3: <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So uh we're gonna talk about it all as uh, we're only three episodes away from the finale of uh Tough as Nails down to just six people left in the individual competition. And uh we'll you know we'll talk it all through. And so, um, you know, uh, fun times, uh, at the carpentry, what would you call it? The carpenter headquarters, the carpenter uh, union the carpenter
4: training? training center. I don't think the phrase is fun at the carpenter union training center has ever been said in sincerity until this episode of tough as nails in anyone's lifetime.
0: I don't know. They seem to really love their jobs.
3: Yeah. Like, it's, I don't know. Uh, I, didn't I mean, hate this. yeah, they've got like a whole training facility here for the carpenters. Are those kind of cool?
4: Yeah. But I wouldn't say that that's fun i don't know how much do you think they're building a lot of scaffolding i guess anethia said that she built scaffolding as part of yeah. her own training do you think this is like something mandatory uh, probably i mean you think hanger isn't uh loving putting up scaffolding i don't think hanger isn't not loving anything in life this man is like the energy level of a minor league baseball game in the form of a man i adore him
3: <laughs> yeah okay i I kind (laughs) of
0: wish he was my shop teacher
4: yeah now he's teaching uh wood shop so yeah yeah where was this guy in my in my middle school i would have loved to have a guy instead of like the the you know kind of very mild mannered man who allowed me to cut my fingernail to the bone right. on a belt sander when I was in Just, seventh grade.
3: Traditionally. Yeah. Isn't the woodshop teacher like notoriously like, uh, the, the most like dour and like, uh, you know, <laughs> unhappy potentially, uh, you know, um, we don't want to even speculate on, uh, maybe like, uh, with, uh, what substances having in the entire faculty.
0: Well, it depends on what he self medicates with because I think your shop, your average shop teacher is either like completely, completely burned out from having to save children from maiming themselves on a daily basis or they just DGAF. Mm hmm.
4: Should they invest in a tough as nails school staffed entirely by alumni of the show?
0: Yeah.
3: A tough as nails trade school.
4: Yeah. You could oh, have dude. Clint- tough as nails Votech? I would sign me up. Quin- Quincy's teaching uh you know automotive repair.
3: Yeah. Is, is this the long game for Phil of that uh Open Up the Toughest Nails Trade School? I mean uh, that we're we're going to like make uh getting into the trade. I mean it's basically the mission statement of the show.
4: Yeah, Toughest I mean- Nails Trade School, it could be called Tants. Mhm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. So uh, maybe that's, you know, we do enough seasons. Get all of the faculty, all the alumni from the show. Starting with Hangar. You know?
0: I mean... We're trying to get people into the trades. It's not the worst idea.
3: Yeah, this is pretty good. Um, Okay, well, let's uh, talk a little bit about the battle between the Savage Crew and the Dirty Hands. Uh, Jake was still riding high from last week, Jess, when uh, George put him and Elima into the... uh, Tried to eliminate him.
0: Tried to eliminate him. Eliminate him, yeah.
3: Uh, Couldn't do it.
0: Nope, he's still... He's still with us.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's <it's> still going. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, all right, we pull into the Carpenters Union Trading Center. Uh, this is where Sergio uh, got the skills to pay the bills, Mike.
4: Well, the bill collectors came back this week and said uh, the check bounced. Check bounced. <laughs> maybe you should look at the alternate sources. I mean, I, like the bottom line for me this episode was this team challenge. And I have to turn to the expert of the term. Jess, is this like one of the biggest five holes to ever exist in competitive reality television?
0: You know, it it wasn't a good look. Mm -hmm. They they had how many carpenters? Like the team is literally half carpenter. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Well, did either of you get like a clear explanation of like, why did Dirty Hands lose?
4: I don't know. I think it's Savage Crew just made more mistakes, but did it faster. And... I guess like, this, uh, this this thing where they were slightly off, where they had to jam the crossbars in was enough for them to lose by about five seconds. I
3: don't know. It was like Dirty Hands was winning and then they weren't.
0: I mean, that's... Podcast over.
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I missed something.
0: It, it really... It's always hard to break down and I always go back and I watch these a couple of times to try to suss this out because that's essentially what the podcast is but i think it really did just come down to they made a bad mistake that they couldn't quite come back from
3: Mm
4: -hmm. yeah Yeah, i guess the issue was all the way down to that first step right Mm -hmm. where they are lining up these posts at the very bottom. And though they did pass the string test or whatever, uh, the thumbs up from Hanger, it seems like things were slightly misaligned and slight misalignments at the bottom means large misalignments at the top so that they couldn't get the crossbars in on the section. Whereas Savage Crew took a longer time getting things set up on the bottom, but it seems like once they did, they had little to no problems outside of Laura having to briefly conquer her fear to surge not sergio past dirty hands and take the win here.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean honestly this task and the next task like just an executive functioning nightmare. Because it's like you have to do this thing in order for this thing to happen and then if it, this thing is not correct you have to go back and do it again and do it this way and it was it, it is not something I I can really cast aspersions on because everybody did miles better than I would.
3: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, we got um, the in the in the first task uh, where we had the team building the scaffolding uh, we got the introduction of Laura has a
4: fear of heights uh, and Mike this would be uh, really uh, Chekhov's phobia <laughs> I mean very much so and I do wonder you know these contestants I would imagine have to submit any sort of Maybe not phobias. This isn't like Amazing Race Canada season four days, but like (laughs) they're doing psychological evaluation. They would probably know. Hell, Phil asked if everyone had a fear of something and basically everyone except Alima does. So I do wonder if this is a skosh of, you know, Phil putting on his good TV helmet for a second and being like, you know what? Laura, no matter what, no matter if she's eliminated or not, has to compete in this challenge we know at least one third of this episode is going to be her facing her fear of heights.
0: I don't know that I love the way Phil was approaching this situation. Mm. How so? It was a little bit less. um, This person is facing their greatest fear and a little bit more. You have to do this and nobody is going home tonight until you get it done. Mm -hmm. It was very, he was very stern with her. Mm -hmm. Now,
3: I know that she has a fear of heights, um, but I mean, the second level of the scaffolding was, I, I, how high would you say they were off the ground? Six
4: feet? Yeah, it's probably like six to eight
3: feet. Yeah, I would say it seemed like that. That was uh, i I you know easy for me to say. That's not my bugaboo uh fear fear of heights. Uh it's not like that they had to like work with clowns. Um and it was, like that that would <laughs> uh, maybe maybe be, I'll like, only I yeah. only imagine
4: all it's right, dolls, today you're going sure. to the circus.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd be in the fetal position, uh for sure. Um, and so, the, and the second, the challenge that she actually lost at didn't really, uh, yeah, you had to hang the ceiling, but it wasn't so much of a heights thing. Uh, was the reason that she ultimately, um, you, you know, had had to go into the overtime. But I do think the show did a really good job of trying to uh, depict uh, what it was like for Laura.
0: Yeah, I if think if I was, was Laura. I would be afraid of being shown in slow motion repeatedly Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I feel like every shot of Laura, she was like, they slowed down the camera every time it landed on her Mm -hmm. in order to increase the drama. And at one point, I think the first time they did this, it stuck out because there wasn't any drama yet. No. It was just like, here's Laura and she's moving very, very slowly. Mm hmm.
4: Yeah, I think it was probably maybe to your point, Rob, to simulate a bit of like the vertigo aspect of it. I think it's less so even about the height and more so like the instability of being up high where you don't have the concrete earth beneath you. Your legs tend to shake a little bit. And so maybe that physical manifestation was more so the issue. Definitely was obviously with the ladder, which was by far the highest that she had to go. But yeah, I mean, I would say I actually think the fear of heights was mentioned last week if i recall correctly during the team challenge there uh because that was when right she didn't want to get up on the ladder to shrink wrap the house and so that was like the first little seed maybe then that phil was like "Ooh, me thinks i shall hatch a plan Change of plans, folks. Tomorrow, we're going to the Carpentry Trade Guild. I've got a thing up my sleeve.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and we're joking, but like, there's no way they're changing challenges around to try to like uh, create these situations. No.
0: Nobody knows better than the three of us how much work and advanced planning goes into every mm-hmm. tough-as-nails challenge.
3: Right. I mean, these things are figured out way ahead of time. And so uh, I have to imagine like uh, they didn't, uh, you know, didn't think that this was going to be uh, a thing and and, and certainly couldn't planned an overtime that was going to really be able to, uh, you know, force Laura to uh, face her fears in that challenge.
0: They may not have thought it was going to be a thing. But they were kind of secretly in their deepest darkest soul, hoping it would be mm-hmm. a thing. Yeah, exactly. Every the time they TV. build one, yeah, every time they build something like this, they are hoping somebody is afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean,
3: uh, this was not even close to like the actual task that Murph had to face—his uh, fear of heights, of climbing the telephone pole back in season one.
0: Yeah, that one was that one was extra. I think that that'd even that'd give the best of us vertigo
3: mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so we had a comment from Hanger about how, uh, hey, Phil, have all the challenges this season been this close? Jess, do you think that this is the season of Toughest Nails that has been the most uh, back and forth between the two teams?
0: I think we have no way of knowing that. Hmm. I think we, I think the show wants us to believe that the challenges are always close. Mm-hmm. I don't think we ever see... We never see a team just, like, running roughshod over the other team because this is tough as nails. This is not what that is. Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah. I Uh, mean, this this one does seem closer than normal, though. Going all the way back to the very first uh, team challenge where they were, like, building the outdoor pagoda and, like, it came down to Dirty Hands for getting the number tile and Savage Crew wins. So I would imagine there's at least a little bit of authenticity here where it actually does seem to be fairly neck and neck hell if savage crew lost i still would have given up to them for like yeah you were facing up against a team half of which were doing this in their daily lives and you still almost won that should be like a moral victory but they get the literal victory here and are able to really snatch victory from the hands of dirty hands who probably thought they had this in the bag from the Mm get-go
3: do we have a a sense of who the mvp was uh for savage crew in uh, winning this challenge
0: it was hard to tell. It, it felt like it was a genuine, felt like it was a genuine team effort. You do see, um, we we do see a couple of moments I think are interesting. We see, um, we see Renee in particular is doing a lot of really helpful work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of who else we yeah. saw
4: i don't i don't know if it's been determined yet if jake's leadership style worked <laughs> yeah he's loud i, mean, it did, I guess uh, it didn't not work uh so i guess it, it happened there but the only thing i really took from jake's leadership was this one time where he was just like very outright honest and said how much of a pain in the ass yeah assembly he said it was a pain were. in the
0: ass so um I, mean, I don't know they got it done he's not holding anything back um, and then I think we also we also heard that Laura was doing a good job of like of getting things lined up in a way that was helpful for the team. Mm-hmm. But I I don't know. I, this wasn't this didn't seem like the kind of the kind of task where you live and die by your leadership. Mm-hmm. Some of the tasks, you know, you have the crew boss and the crew boss making all of the decisions of who does what where has a really big impact on it. I didn't get that impression this time.
3: Okay. Mike, what's the update on the score here of uh, Savage Crew versus Dirty Hands?
4: Well, as much of a nail biter as it is, one set of nails has grown a bit longer than the other one. Uh, Savage Crew has taken the lead back four to three. And we know the first team to five wins the $60,000 grand prize. So theoretically, this could all get wrapped up like a nice shrink-wrapped home next week. If Savage Crew is able to win the team challenge.
3: Mm-hmm. And if that so happens, uh, where they uh, wrap it up in episode number eight, how, how will they use that time? Do they do another team competition episode nine? Yeah, you can still win
0: money in the team competitions. Mm-hmm. So
4: yes, to uh, to give a bit of the goose away on your beloved season three, Rob, that is what happened. Uh, the team challenge was declared early where Dirty Hands had already won five and they still ran the last competition. Mm hmm. Okay, uh, and for Dirty Hands, uh, Jess, you mentioned how it
3: was a five-hole. Um, the defeats are starting to mount up, especially for Beth, uh, who has also lost individual challenges now four in a row.
0: Yeah, I thought Beth had a really interesting tactic in the damn van, mm-hmm. um, where she's saying, "I don't think we should be patting each other on the back and saying it's okay that we lost anymore." I need us to not be okay with losing so that we can actually win something. And I think for Dirty Hands in particular, it's especially galling because they are, you know, two two thirds of them are out of the competition at this point. Yeah. Well, it's
3: interesting because I think like that "Tough as Nails" is a show that really does take a lot of pride in the moral victories, and it isn't necessarily about mm-hmm. the uh, winning or losing. Uh, but here for you know Beth specifically, and Dirty Hands says like, "Hey, we we just these moral victories is not enough. We got to actually uh, get some Ws here."
4: And I I kind of like it. Yeah, you know I I enjoy the fact that last week when we got like. A bit of strategy with George. Hell, I loved it this week in the individual competition when Jake's like, I'm going to purposely put these tiles in, not for my own performance necessarily, but to maybe like rattle the other team members. Rattle their legs li- Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I like the fact that not, we're not completely getting away from like the feel good spirit that the show is at its core. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like it's that all the time which is nice it doesn't feel completely schmaltzy completely like oh it's never going to veer into some of the stuff that we are really captivated by in other types of reality competition shows we talked about this last week that things i think have evolved to a certain state or at least are beginning to where like people are kind of explicitly strategic and here yeah we do have something where brett's like maybe we do need some tough love as much as we love each other and as close as things are like I don't know. Maybe we should stop commending ourselves for doing a good job and not winning when we don't win.
0: Yeah. And this is also not to jump too far ahead here, but when Jake starts talking about playing head games with the other contestants, mm-hmm. I was like, this is, this is also very anti tough as nails. We're really kind of having an opposite day here.
3: Mm-hmm. Maybe do you feel like is this is the season that changes the tenor of tough as nails.
4: Kind of hope not. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, there's season four of Survivor very much did in terms of moves that have been made. Uh, so, yeah, we could see that maybe a, a young, you know, person watching at home will then come on to season six using the gameplay from season four and reinvent the game some more.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't tell me that Jake is the Boston Rob of Tough as Nails. <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
0: another construction worker.
4: Yeah, there you go.
3: Yeah,
2: it's true. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com.
1: Okay, round two, name something that's not boring
3: Let's talk about the individual part of, uh, this week's show. Okay. Uh, so it's individual day, uh, driving in. Okay. Um, Laura mentions how uh, she's only one of only seven left in the individual competition. Uh, little did she know, uh, she would be the next person to be out. Um, and so uh you're in hangers house again today. Uh you're gonna be putting in this ceiling. Uh again, we highlighted only Laura and Laren haven't been to the OT, as they are both
4: going to again foreshadowing. I mean, they probably are now cursing Phil Kogan for jinxing them before the competition even started. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, they're also, I mean, I, part of I think this is cause and effect here, but we also Laura and Laren are the two Players that we have seen the least of up to this point. Like we really know the least about them, and they don't really pop on the screen until this episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Laren's still big question mark there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, at least Laura got got to have a fear of heights. You know, yeah. Yeah,
4: Laren, what are you afraid of? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: We'll find out next week.
4: hmm Yeah.
0: Okay. So He's afraid of garbage. That's what we're gonna find out <laughs> next week. <laughs> I hate
4: trash. I'm OCD. Mm -hmm. This is my nightmare. Okay. Um, So they're going to build your
3: scaffolding, hang your drop ceiling. Uh, You got to leave room for the fire extinguisher. You got to also uh, leave room for the little uh, HVAC vent. Yeah, hair. Rob,
4: I I know that your your house was constructed. I'm assuming you did a similar thing in constructing the studio. considering this is uh, acoustic, mm-hmm. I believe tiles that they were putting in.
3: Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, we I didn't do a drop ceiling in here. wasn't real. I wasn't given that option. Just have a normal ceiling, uh, and the construction workers did not uh, ask for my help uh, at any point. But did they dance when you asked them to get down? No, no, they I, and I don't know they I, I got the sense that they did lay down a lot uh, based on how long things took. They seem to also sit down uh, and and, and seemed that they often back down anytime there was any sort of like interruption in the supply chain. so that they at least
0: we we know they didn't put the tiles up in the wrong order and have to go back and do it
3: again.-hmm yeah. Um, they, they actually did, uh, put the tiles up in the kitchen the wrong way and had to, uh, take them down, uh, and, and do that again. But that's another story. That's for another What day. are we
0: learning from this? It's okay to rent for the rest of your life.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> uh, it was very hard to find workers, uh, to do work in 2020. Well, so maybe we can get that trade school started sooner
0: than yeah.
4: later. <laughs> I know three that you could have hired. Mm -hmm.
0: You know what? Tough as Nails has a lot of affection for the three of us. Yes. Maybe, maybe like us talking up their show in return, we can bring the cast of Tough as Nails and they can build houses for all of us.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I can fix all the things that the workers did wrong in your house first. That would be
3: great. That'd be great. Uh, Honestly, like, uh, like getting one of those like pre-made, like shipping containers, uh, like wouldn't have been so bad.
4: Even if the shrink wrap job was subpar. Think that's fine.
3: I don't care about the shrink wrap. Uh, you throw that all out. Okay. All right. So uh, work on the scaffolding and then hanger is going to come in and hanger is going to judge not just your tiles, but also your workspace, Jess. You better be clean.
0: I mean, that that's kind of part and parcel with every one of these challenges. Mm-hmm. It's like, keep a clean workspace.
4: Yeah. That was what we saw with the, the squid, right? It was like, Sergio. That's squid. That's no good. It can't show up on grocery stores. You have to clean it up before you can proceed further. Like they really are instituting the national park rule, right? Of like this worksite should be cleaner than when we started the challenge.
0: Well, look. These venues are doing them a favor by letting them film there. Mm-hmm. At least you can do is you clean not up. mess it all up. Yeah, yeah.
3: Do we have like as a David Bloomberg esque uh, rule book for tough as nails in terms of like what's the right strategy? Like, uh, should you be cleaning up as you go, or or just do pull an Ellery and just make a big mess?
0: I mean, I think Phil says it best. It's it really depends on what your background is. Like, what are you? What are you typically doing in your job? That's probably how you're going to approach whatever job you're given.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And I think we learned, I think we're learning from tough as nails. I think almost always the rule is if there's a lot of really easy work that you can do very quickly and some very finessing work that is more complicated Like get the complicated stuff out of the way and then knock out the easy stuff.
3: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Jess, uh, that I feel like that that is part of the philosophy of tough as nails. And I feel like that in a lot of like the uh, productivity uh, stuff that I've read over the years, Uh, like there's a famous book about, you know, uh, like uh, uh, eat a frog, I think is the name of it. And if you have to eat a frog every single day, make that the first thing that you do. Uh, Because everything Mm -hmm. else you do by comparison is uh, going to be easier once you eat the frog. If you say, hey, I'm going to like put the eating the frog as as far into my day as possible, uh, that's going to be a much harder uh, day for you than if you were to just uh, wake up in the morning, eat the frog first thing.
0: I have so many questions. Yeah. Is this a live frog?
3: Um, so uh, I don't know if it's live or not. It's a book by Brian Tracy Eat That Frog, uh, 21 Great Ways oh, yeah, to I
4: Stop Procrastination. Yeah,
0: was he charged with animal cruelty? Yeah, that psychopath who wrote about eating frogs every day. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I've eaten frog yeah. It's, you know, that's not an uncommon thing to eat. I don't know why he's so upset about it. It's a lot of worse things in my life that I've eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like call it eat a water chestnut and then we'll talk.
3: Oh, water chestnuts hard to eat? They're the worst. Oh, my God. Um, oh,
0: that's like
4: your maggot cheese. That's
3: your fear. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's my that's maggot cheese.
3: But I do feel like that this comes up a lot on Tough as Nails of, you know, okay, do, do you do the simple thing first or do the hard part first? Uh, and,
4: you know, always, you know, do the hard part first. To a certain extent, though, because we see here with Laren, and we've seen it before with someone like Sergio uh, at the last episode when he got eliminated. Like, some people do take the strategy of, like, okay, let me get the complicated stuff done first and work at like a moderate pace rather than trying to blitz through, gas myself out. But we have seen sometimes that doesn't work. Yes, there might be Laren's gallant who is sitting there precisely cutting the tiles all night nice before he ends up putting them in and Goofus in Ellery who is just like throwing things around and putting tiles up. Goofus is the victor in this case. Goofus yeah, finishes second. The, um
3: that's just in terms of like clean workspace um that ellery did say that okay i had a cousin that hung, that hung tile and he said that the trick was do the perimeter first so uh ellery did have the strategy of like doing the harder part which was like the uh perimeter first i'm not sure if um Laren was like i, I know he was cut everything first but i'm not sure uh where he started putting in his tiles.
0: Yeah, and he started, they showed one of those progress bars, like how far everybody was along. Oh, did
4: yes. you see that, by the way, the typo that was on it? What was the typo?
0: There was a typo.
4: Yes, it said Jack instead of Jake. Oh, good oh. catch, Mike. Sorry, Logan. I didn't, didn't want to uh, issue a correction next week on behalf of uh, Phil and Louise Kogan. But yeah, I noticed that. I was like, wait, is there a Jack at this competition I wasn't aware of? I know Laren works with
0: Jacks, but. <laughs> I mean, granted, Mike, we, we saw a screener. We didn't watch it live. In fact, it's airing as we are speaking, I believe. So they might have fixed it in post. Who knows?
3: Probably. Probably but,
4: fixed. Yeah. But anyway, you were saying about the progress report. Yeah,
0: I mean, I don't think this was an error. Like they showed some people were like three quarters of the way done, and Laren's space was completely blank. <laughs> he was cutting. So I don't know if, I don't know if I I don't know if cutting was the thing that I, I feel like at a certain point, you are going to be done cutting. and mm-hmm. it, it seemed like he was maybe being a little bit too careful there. <sighs> yeah,
4: and, that's the thing. It's, yeah. it's like it seemed like when people like George and Mr. were getting checks of like, oh, this isn't right. I thought, OK, this is going to set them back. But no, it seemed pretty easy for a lot of them to just say, oh, I have to fix this and put a new tile in. Bing, bang, boom. I'm already done. I'm past so many people already.
0: Yeah, these mm-hmm. tiles are pretty forgiving. If right. like you screw one up, you don't have to go back and do the whole thing again. There were some interesting things we picked up, though, and one of one of which Hanger points out that with the tiles that have a thing cut out in them, you need to put those up before you put up the other tiles around it because then you can't reach in and, like, you know, move it into place. Mm-hmm. And that was something I think a couple of people realized a little bit too late in the game.
3: Mm-hmm. Laura also was somebody who was uh, pre-cutting her tiles uh, like Laren uh, and she also uh, her problem was that she did not uh, have her cuts done correctly where she had to go back and cut like an additional half inch off of each of the tiles because uh, that she didn't account for like where the metal was uh, holding the tiles in place.
4: Right, that that metal is essentially like a quarter of an inch in. And so mm-hmm. essentially you have to cut a quarter of an inch off. And that sucks Is because, again, she made, like Laren, the entire thing of, okay, I'm going to pre-cut every single thing so I can just place it in. Well, if you're wrong for every single tile, then you have to go back and do it. So I think unlike the team challenge, you've got a very big sense as to why the two people who lost did the way that they did and also why the people that won did the way that they did. Again, say what you want to about, you know, Ellery having a tough time putting the scaffolding together, but he knew his way around this, and George continues to be George. He had his rare misstep last week, but other, otherwise this dude has just been flying through the competition and this week was no different.
3: Well, George is so up and down. You know, he had like the the down challenge last week. You know, he, he had the ups of that he had the advantage uh, and then got uh, hoisted by his own petard uh, and then ended up in the OT. <laughs> Don't worry,
4: Laura, you're in a five-point petard while you're up on the ladder. You won't fall. Yeah,
3: and then uh, touched bottom, then also was one of the carpenters uh, who thought that he was basically been like handed like an easy win. Didn't get that, but then like, uh, okay, Oh, this is redemption ends up acing it and winning uh, first place in the individual challenge.
4: And this is, I believe his third mm-hmm. right now. Uh, so again, three out of seven, he's doing a pretty dang good job. I do agree that obviously He bounced back from last week. But considering that everyone has now been in overtime, I think comparatively, I would still call him the front runner just based on from an individual perspective, how good he has been doing so far. Yeah. Um,
3: Can we highlight the people that are left in the individual uh, challenge? Of course, uh, there's George who won. Uh, There is Alima who's uh, still in it. Mr uh who had a uh both uh, Alima had a really strong effort uh Mr also was uh right there for uh winning the challenge this week
0: Yeah Mr had a good good showing this week mm hmm
3: Mr who uh, is a little bit more like uh, just going for speed I feel like he's the guy who's just like okay I'm just gonna try to do this like as fast as I can he's not really uh, often going for precision with the way he attacks things uh, he's just like looking for whatever's the fastest way that he can do the task uh, and uh, it has uh, usually worked well for Mr. Uh, Ellery is a little bit of a dark horse, uh, but is still in there in the individual portion of the competition. Uh, ultimately he had the messiest workspace, Jess. And Phil seems to think that firefighters, uh, have very messy work areas because, uh, they're just worried about coming in and putting out the fire.
0: Well, I mean, that's what you do when you're fighting a fire. You're like <laughs> smashing your way through things. You're kicking things over. You're just trying to get in and out as quick as possible.
4: Yeah, it say, makes say,
0: perfect sense.
4: Yeah, it's safe to say, firefighters have the messiest workspace because it is
0: entirely on fire mm. at all times. That's their workspace. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, but they're not exactly like the hose is not cleaning it up.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: the hose uh, is, if anything, making it uh, messier. Uh,
4: you know what? Uh, I could put out the fire, but this window really needs a wash. And if I'm just gonna do an old one-two or with the hose, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get
3: this car too while I'm at mm-hmm. it. Um, Mike, what'd you think about Ellery's makeshift workstation cleanup of using the tile? I adored it. I
4: love it. I, I love Ellery is, you know, it's it's tough because he hasn't won any challenges left. I believe he's the only person left of the oh, Mr. hasn't won any uh, individual challenges either. But you know, Ellery goes from being in the first overtime to like doing pretty well here he's gonna place in the top two i believe for the third week in a row here uh so he's been doing like consistently well and i think again it speaks to what we spoke about with murph right which is like that military discipline that idea that even when you are out of your comfort zone to just like keep your progress looking forward maybe not at your workspace but uh just focusing on the task at hand and trying the best that you can And like we've spoken about with Mr., his unique style has kept him in the competition to this point. I was happily surprised to see him in the top two, mostly because as they talk about, like, this was a moral victory for Dirty Hands, a literal victory for George, but a moral victory considering that for the first time, I think ever, maybe, uh, that a Dirty Hands person will not be in the bottom two and will not be going to overtime. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay. Uh, For the first time... In forever uh, for Dirty Hands. Okay. Yeah, Laura was frozen up on that ladder later <laughs> well, He's Mr. Freeze, yeah. Okay. Um, and then Jake is still in the individual competition. Yep. Not Jack.
0: I mean, I guess he guess he got it in everybody's heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I love Jake's
4: energy that he's bringing because, again, it is so different And again, I still have no clue whether or not it's actually working. I guess it's working for him. Like he won one of these competitions. He was able to, he won two, actually. He's won two challenges. He got his way out of overtime when his back was against the wall, like we saw last week. They really highlighted like his very unique communication style. And I like him as sort of an indicator of how everyone has different ways of working. And it's less so about like chastising those for working in the way that they do. And more so about like, as a team leader, trying to incorporate that into your own work style to accommodate for that rather than disparage it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Laren, uh, that
3: he ultimately is going to come through the OT and he will uh, go ahead and still be part of the individual competition coming up next week. Uh, But Laren and Laura are going to face off in the OT, and uh, this was, you know, definitely an interesting battle. Uh, really uh, highlighted by Laura's concern about her fear of heights. Uh, just was this great drama to see Laura battle her inner demons.
0: Well, again, it was it was a little hard to watch, and you know, we are no strangers to watching people confront their fears especially their fears of heights Mm -hmm. i feel like we see this happen three or four times per amazing race season Mm -hmm. and it doesn't get easier to watch but it was it was interesting i think i called out phil a little bit earlier in this podcast for being a little stern with her and like kind of telling her to rub some dirt on it and keep going i feel like he's probably responding to what she individually needed in that moment. Like some people need that kind of pep talk. Other people need to be coddled a little bit. I certainly like coddle the hell out of me in that situation.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And despite what Beth had to say about uh, no moral victories anymore, uh, Mike, that it was seemingly a moral victory for Laura as she fell uh, very far behind Laren, and the only way to catch up was to jump down. And you know, Laura, she flew. Absolutely.
0: Mike, I got to make a reference, and I know you're gonna, I know you're gonna understand this reference. Go ahead. The Bluey episode with the obstacle course.
4: <clears throat> oh yes, absolutely. Got to shave some time off. You yep. gotta cut some corners. Mm-hmm. But Laren was uh banded at the end, just snatching Laura and throwing her behind him. Uh yeah. So yeah, it, it was like you said, a bit of like a hey, and she talks about this as she clocks out, right? Like, hey, I didn't win at the end of the day, but like, hey, I was able to conquer my fear of heights, or at least, I don't know, brush up against it. That's pretty good. The challenge itself seemed one of those things that was simple at the outset, but incredibly complicated, especially as the outline as you actually had to climb with the pieces, like you having to climb with your dominant hand, hold and nail with your dominant hand, then maybe hold on to parts of it with your dominant hand. Like it was giving one particular side a workout and leave it to Laren to, you know, be able to find the way to not put that much strain on it. And I will say for a season that has had a lot of neck and neck finishes, It was unfortunately a bit of a blowout. A little bit of a blowout in the OT. I'm not sure how many rungs she was behind by the time Laren got all 15 in, but it was considerably ahead.
3: Okay, and so Laura ultimately uh, punches out, uh, leaving Alima as the only woman who is uh, still alive in the individual competition against uh, five men. So if there's going to be our second tough-as-nails woman winner, uh, Alima is going to have to uh, run the table here.
0: I'm going to at least need her to make the finals at Mm this point. I think she, well, do you
4: mean final, like the final three, like run through the brutal obstacle course? There's a chance. I think she'll make the finale, uh, the final, like the final four. I think she'll make it to that final elimination. Otherwise I'm not, I'm not sure.
3: Let's just compare her to the field. Uh, because I think she actually has a pretty good shot there. Uh, because I think that, um, of the final six, with all due respect to Ellery, um like I feel like uh that uh that you know he's on the brink of uh you know going into the, I mean we saw uh Laren ultimately you know could be very vulnerable for uh an elimination as well uh Jake has been you know hot and cold um you know and uh you know we've seen george uh you know be be up and down uh mister i think is uh a real competitor too but Alima, i think has been uh one of the standouts of this final six
0: yeah she's been top three in a lot of these challenges
4: Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean she's got a shot at it i mean they all do that's the thing about this cast is now everyone has been into overtime. Everyone in this cast now has been into overtime at least once. And so, we've talked about this the past few weeks, but I think this really does show how much of like an even spread it is and this season I feel like more than ever has this any given Sunday feel of any yeah, you can walk Wednesday. in there yeah, and it, it might Shout just not Simmons. be. <laughs> yeah, it might just not be your day and then you're going to find yourself in the bottom and you may find yourself going home. We saw that happen with Laura. She was the she was like incredibly competent and stable the entire season runs into a day where she has to face her fear of heights and then gets eliminated almost because of it and it just goes to show how maybe someone like alima like you said these people like jake like Laren, like ellery like mr like george even who have all had good days and bad days might run into a bad day and get eliminated and put her in the final there's also a chance alima herself could have a bad day she is definitely getting the most emotional content Mm -hmm. i think that is what i'm really fixating on is that like you know part of it is because she does have this incredibly tragic story about her brother's loss and the fact that this was the anniversary of it and the fact that she's a single mom but i do feel like out of even all 12 competitors i feel like we know the most about her personal life
3: yeah she's got the psb Mm -hmm. personal story bump for sure okay where are the contestants headed next
0: I don't know an alley <laughs> <laughs> a vacant lot
4: that's what it looks like uh one of the tasks is they have to like clean up you know a bunch of debris from no. some sort of area I think uh another Not challenge good for Ellery yeah except well, or this could be the best thing for him he's mm-hmm. like I've, I've brushed stuff aside with a tile you know what I can do I can turn anything into a broom I, I think I saw something with like them also, I don't know cleaning up a garden or something for the team challenge. I wasn't entirely sure, but Phil said, "Right, his clue was it's a little cleanup action next time." Okay, so I, 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 clean I didn't, fun. Uh, yeah, I didn't understand last time when he said that we're about to get schooled. I did not assume that we are go- we were going to the carpentry. You go to the carpentry
3: academy. school. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah, okay. I thought it was going to be a little more shop teacher oriented. Well, that, was hanger not there, Jess? I mean, yeah, I, that was the surprise <laughs> education content, I guess. <laughs> I, I I assumed we'd be like installing like kindergartner sized urinals or something.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK, so that's going to be next time on uh, Tough as is- Girls. Anything else about episode seven that we want to highlight while we're here?
4: No, I mean, you pointed it out, but because they're going to put episodes nine and ten together, assumingly and because you know survivor 44 is on the horizon but a few weeks away this was the anti-penultimate week of toughest nails season four can't believe it's it's already
3: almost yeah i here. didn't even know that they were putting nine and ten together
0: god anti-penultimate feels like a word that you get in new york times spelling bee and you feel very proud of yourself
3: mm-hmm yeah. Could you use it in a sentence? Uh Mike weeks. just did. This week Tough is, is the anti-penultimate yeah. <laughs> episode of Tough as season four. Okay. Um, there you go. All right. Um Jess, I know this week, you, uh, much like Mike Bloom before you, uh, was uh were, were the subject of uh the latest
0: Pod Friends uh, conversation. Yeah, that's right. I did a I did a pod friends episode and I gotta say, Matt Scott is a treasure. Love talking to that guy. Mm -hmm. I could have talked to him all day. He was really fun. And it's a fun episode. So check that one out. And if you or if you'd rather, you can check out the one. If you're not caught up, go go listen to Mike's. Mike's was way better.
4: No, (laughs) Jess's. I'm I'm halfway through Jess's right now, and it is really fantastic. And I think your your story and a lot of any
0: order. (laughs) Yes,
4: it's like kaleidoscope. Yes. It's
0: true. Mm -hmm.
4: With half as much bank robbing.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know. You haven't listened to the whole episode yet. No right? spoilers. That's true. I no didn't spoilers. get to the ending. <laughs> I'm seen yet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then I've got an appointment to hang out with Mr. Bloom tomorrow. We're going to be talking a little Star Trek Picard, getting ready for the new season, which is dropping very soon, and very excited to get caught up again on what happened last season and figure out where we are in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Like, it looks like it looks like we're going to basically clean slate the whole thing it's going to be yeah completely new clean,
4: like ellery with the tile and right. start all over again some strange
0: new well, worlds well Does let me work? ask
4: you both uh
0: how would tough as
3: nails go uh if it was uh the crew of star trek the next generation uh competing uh here on tough as nails like uh you know that everybody each person has like their own trade uh that mm-hmm. they are working in
0: my money's on data Mm -hmm. Yeah,
4: I mean, Data definitely would have the robotic skills to do it, but maybe less the emotional intelligence. I wouldn't want to be in a team with Data. Yeah, I don't want him to
0: be my crew boss. mm
4: -hmm. I mean, it's tough because, like, this doesn't count as the, as the the you know the cr- chief crew of the next generation, but whenever I think of *Tough as compared to *Star Trek*, I always think of Miles O'Brien as like mm. the yeah maybe it's all people
3: person. with yellow shirts, uh, so it's like Chief O'Brien and War Frickin' Barkley, Jordy Barkley, like people Barkley that work in like out first yeah people that work in engineering like
4: yeah uh, well, that's what, yeah, well, that's the, what it's got to be right *Tough as is all about like getting your hands dirty. I guess you could bring in some security people there as well. Yeah. Yeah. right
0: mm-hmm. Every, everybody in the yellow shirt but yeah, yeah I, don't,
4: I don't
3: think unfortunately it's, poor De- it's you know uh, not unlike savage uh, crew right
4: yeah mm-hmm. i don't think poor deanna troy though i don't think she could hang tiles using her feelings uh, i think unfortunately her skill set is a little it's
3: a different uh, show uh,
0: i'm sensing that you needed
4: to measure that differently mm-hmm. <laughs> laura i'm sensing you're afraid of heights right now let me help you <laughs>
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, very much looking forward to hearing you both talk about Picard season three. Okay. Mike, what's coming up for you this week besides uh, more talking about the Survivor 40 forecast?
4: Well, I was about to say, screw the ante, screw the pen. We're in the ultimate stage, Rob. We have one more. Cast assessment to talk about. We're talking rat two coming up at the end of this week. We're gonna be listening to the interviews that I did with the contestants in the preseason for the final six members of the cast. And if you're listening to this, there's a good chance I will have already finished my written articles, if not near the end, uh, with the Tika members. I finished that off as well. So by the end of this week, you will need to know basically everything you need to know about these 18 people to do whatever the heck you want to do with them for the rest of February. But those have been a lot of fun. Rob and I have done a couple so far. They've each been like nearly three hours apiece, but they have been very, very fun. This is a really interesting cast. So going to be getting into that. And then over on post-show recaps, uh, we're doing Heroes. I concluded The Legend of Vox Machina. And we got a, a nice fun turnaround for us Last of Us fans. We're getting two episodes in the course of five days mm-hmm. because of the big game. They uh, shuffled it back to air on Friday night. And so I'll be covering that with Grace Leader. And then the next day on Saturday, I'll be doing a midseason feedback show with great friend of RHAP and former Survivor contestant himself, Owen Knight, who has been watching along, is a big fan of The Last of Us. So I'm going to get his thoughts on and do a bit of a check in as to like five episodes out of nine. How are we feeling about the show so far? Maybe take some questions from people. So got a lot, a lot of Last of Us. Five out of nine is figure. in. Yeah, exactly. It's a nice number. Uh, and that's the number of wins that Savage Crew is going to need if they want to take home that $60,000 mm-hmm. as well.
3: Yeah, Okay, and then course uh, we mentioned uh, the Survivor previews. Uh, we had a big show Wednesday night. We had the Survivor Ultimate Trivia Championship taking place between three. A great Survivor 42 cast members, uh, Marianne Omer and Zach Wurtenberger, uh, faced off in the Ultimate Survivor Trivia Showdown hosted by Jordan Kalish. Uh, and so we had a lot of fun with that on Wednesday night. I got to join, of course, uh, Mike's often partner in crime shannon Gus uh, to talk about week two of australian survivor not to mention it's groundhog week where all week long i am watching the movie groundhog day and then podcasting about it every single day this week it was day three of groundhog week today and akiva and i uh, got back together to talk about everything that happened back in punksatawney pennsylvania 30 years ago all right Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week to talk more Tough as Nails. Have a good one. Bye. Lucky Land Casino
1: asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky?